Hey, I'm Karen Cubides, a music-obsessed entrepreneur and educator who calls Music City home. My career started in Boston, where I found my real passion, working behind the scenes in the music industry. I've had the honor of working with elite performers and educators. Consider this your go-to guide for all things healthy, wealthy, and wise. So get comfy, because we're about to uncover some surefire ways to transform not only your career, but also your life. This is the Musician's Guide Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide Podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. This is our second episode this week, and I am so stinking excited about this. Uh, But first, I want to acknowledge any students and educators listening. We see you. We are cheering you on to submitting your grades, finishing your juries, final exams, papers, annotated bibliographies, all the ugh stuff, um, and sending all the good vibes that you just get this done and it's over and we can just not think about the dumpster fire, really, that this last semester might have been um, for all of us, really. Um, So just thinking about you guys and, and really we are acknowledging all the amazing stuff and all the sacrifice everybody has had to make. Um, to just kind of make this work. And I'm so excited about just all the advancements, you know, in education as far as like what is possible now that we've had to like kind of do it online. So go team, really excited about this. Okay, so today's episode, um, for whatever reason, um, for th- for those of you that are Office fans, um, I have the thought of um, that scene when Holly and Michael are going to give like an ethics seminar and they're just thinking like, let's get ethical. Like, I really feel that way right now um, because we're talking about stress management. And I was looking over like what I wanted to say and, you know, um, I met with my team about it and I was just kind of like, oh, this is kind of like spicy in a way. Um, I feel like I need to give more like scientific context um, so we can just kind of be on the same page about like what we even consider stress to be. Um, and I should probably introduce what I'm talking about. Uh, so earlier this week, we talked about time management. So today we're going to talk about stress management. And I don't know, I just feel like the word stress is so annoying. And we don't actually really know what it means. So whenever I'm feeling this way about something, I always just like to go to the definition of it and just check out the dictionary, what the word stress means. So the the definition that I found for stress is feel is a feeling of emotional or physical tension. It could come from an event or a thought that makes you feel frustrated, angry, or nervous. Stress in your bo- stress is your body's reaction to a challenge or a demand. In short bursts, stress can be positive, such as when it helps you avoid danger or meet a deadline. Which I'm also like, mm, <laughs> is that a good thing? Um, but anyway, so that's just kind of the baseline of what I'm referring to as stress. Um, what I'm really excited about is just kind of talking about stress in the body as well. Um, because as you guys have heard, um, I have been dealing with something called adrenal fatigue for the last year. And um, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but eventually I want to share my story um, and just how powerful our bodies are and our brains are just like so freaking amazing. So I just want to give us a little bit more sciencey stuff just to, to like understand where I'm going with all of this. So basically we have two nervous systems, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So when there is stress, the parasympathetic triggers the fight or flight response, or both of them do. But in the parasympathetic, um, it provides the body with a burst of energy so it can respond to perceived dangers. The parasympathetic is the brakes that get put on and it promotes the rest and the digest. So this really helps our bodies calm the heck down um, when the perceived danger has already passed. So 
for example, story of my life, you know, I'm driving and there's this like street in Nashville called called Wedgwood. And it's like this like really messed up intersection. And I'm always going right, which is towards Vanderbilt. And you could just can never see the people coming on your left. There's people always turning freaking right or left on in front of me. I mean, it's just a nightmare. And every time I try and make a right when it's my turn, um, I always feel like I'm just going to get hit by a car. And there was like one time where I actually turned when I shouldn't have. And I don't even remember what happened. But long story short, I didn't crash and die, which is great. But I just remember my body like having a lot of tightness. And then as soon as the danger was gone, just complete relaxation. Um, That is what the parasympathetic does. You get super stressed out with the sympathetic nervous system. And that's like the fight or flight ready to go. And then the parasympathetic is the one that just calms you down and allows you to catch your breath after you've, you know, outrun the lion or whatever. Um, The sympathetic nervous system Um, is the official OG fight or flight part of your um, nervous system. The body shifts its energy towards fighting off the life threat or fleeing from the enemy. This signals your adrenal glands to release hormones called adrenaline, which is epinephrine and cortisol. And then this is what moves through your body to allow you to do just crazy things. So one could argue that, you know, if we have performance anxiety and we are you know, not breathing as much as we needed to in this piece. That is courtesy of your adrenaline for you woodwind players Um, and your body's nervous system just kind of responding to that. So I just wanted to give us some context there. And then I just want to share three more scientific things. Um, Basically, stress begins in the brain. And we have three centers that process this. We have the hypothalamus, we have the amygdala, and we have the cerebral cortex. So the amygdala interprets the images and the sounds, and it says, and it sends a distressed signal to the hypothalamus. Um, And then basically the amygdala is the area of the brain that allows you to process whatever the situation is from an emotional standpoint, and then it panics and sends it to the hypothalamus. And that is the command center, the hypothalamus, that just kind of sends everything to the rest of your body. And it's like, all right, here's what's happening. Let's activate the nervous system. Let's decide, is this a situation where we need to run or is this a situation that just came out of nowhere and we need to calm down? And then your body is amazing and it does exactly what it needs to do to keep you alive. So the reason I'm sharing all the science and (laughs) perceivable, you know, dramatic things is because we are now in an era where this stress, this deathly fight or flight, the the equivalent of a lion chasing us or what has kept us alive for ever as we've evolved as a species is now being used when you get an email, (laughs) when you get a text message, when somebody, you know, if you have, have an iPhone, the dot, dot, dot happens and then it goes away and you're like, oh my gosh, this person's mad. What is happening? Or I don't know, your professor's having a bad day and they didn't just like give you as much compliments as they normally do in your lesson. Or I don't know, your student has zero emotion and you're like, what is wrong with you? What did I do? Like, love me back. Um, So yeah. And honestly, even though I work with people and I'm a coach and I've been doing this for a minute and I've had the honor and, and privilege of working with super fancy people and also incredible students, I still feel this way about certain things. Like it could be a Voxer message and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, is, is this person mad? Why didn't they respond? Why are they waiting 24 hours? Like, seriously, it's insanity. So I just want to address that this is a real thing. Um, I'm using humor because it sounds insane, but it's such a real part of our lives and our day to day. And stress manifests in different ways. And also, and we'll talk about this later because this is like a much longer episode, but this is also manifested in different personality styles, in the different ways that we perceive the world and the lens in which we see the world. So I'm just going to give us a basic overview of some stress things, how can we can how we can manage it. And I think just acknowledging that it's present and that it's there is also really important because I hear a lot from my clients like, what is wrong with me? Like, why does this matter? Why is this happening? Why am I having a panic attack? Or, you know, insert whatever. And it's like, it, it happens to all of us it's totally fine. It's just a matter of like figuring out our awareness. So the same thing as our previous episode with time management and the absence of data, your mind makes up stories. Brene Brown, I love you. Sponsor us. Um, So really though, like in the absence of data, our minds make up stories. So as musicians, um, you know, preparing for upcoming performances right now, juries, all the things that are happening, crazy schedules. Um, We're alone in the practice room. Uh, We're having meltdowns. We're feeling angry, you know, like stressed out and we don't know what is wrong with us. Like these are all things that are totally available to us and in the wheelhouse of possibilities. Um, And I feel like one of the first things that can help us with stress management is just, first of all, looking to see like who is influencing us. So I've said this before on the podcast, and I'm not going to do the trick question again, but essentially the most influential person in your life is yourself. And the reason I say that is because we talk to ourselves all of the time, like more than any other person. That self-talk, that inner critic for some of us, that, you know, just constant conversation of like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you take the garbage out? Did you pay this bill? Did you talk to this person? Did you respond to the email? Like that constant situation is really stressful. And if that conversation going up going on upstairs is negative, then it just dampens everything and makes it that much more complicated. So I want to encourage all of us to just assess, okay, what is this self-talk going? And you know, a lot of people refer to this as like positive self-talk. And if that makes you roll your eyes, then don't call it that. Just say, you know, what is going on upstairs? What am I telling myself? And how can I help myself do a better job by setting myself up for success. So I want us to reframe some of the conversations we have. And I feel like this preventing stress stress management and time management go hand in hand, because if I know where my time is going, I am able to do a good job and therefore do what I want to do and not feel behind and not feel so overwhelmed. So your self-talk completely 100 million percent affects your stress levels. Um, another thing that stresses people out is when I talk about wellness and having a well-rounded lifestyle and, and feeling fulfilled. And I'm not going to use the word balance, but just doing a good job at juggling everything. Um, in order to do that, sometimes we need to take a step back. And that is something that really stresses us out. So I think just recognizing that taking a step back from something, trying something new, implementing anything is going to take some time. And it's okay if that stresses us out, but it's important to have a game plan. When I take a step back, what is that going to look like? How can I relax and be present? Um, Something else that I feel like could really help us is breathing. Um, 
and I, it's so funny that I'm saying this because no joke, maybe a year ago, I would have not been the poster child for like meditation or yoga or mindful movement or whatever. But seriously, um, breathing, I do this thing and we talked about the heart hug last episode. So basically you grab your left hand, you put it over your heart and you give yourself a heart hug and that releases oxytocin, which is a love hormone. And then I take it a step further and I put my right hand on my belly and I just breathe deeply. Just breathe, 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 and then release it. And just feeling my belly expand and contract and feeling my my heart beat and just realizing that I'm here in my body and that I'm, you know, present is just such a calming feeling. Like even just like I literally just physically did this and you could tell by my voice and by my timbre and just the energy behind that, just like how calming. Maybe I should do that before every episode so I'm not like about everything. Okay, so breathing is going to be major. Um, and then the next thing that I really need to work on is boundaries. Um, we'll do another episode on boundaries. But if you're curious, check out this book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. It is just a beautiful, it's an older book, but it's such a beautiful representation of what it means to set a boundary. And I feel like that's such a word that gets tossed around so much and it can be really intimidating. But boundaries are magical things that um, allow you to live your best life. So the way that I define it is the boundaries for me. I am setting a line in the sand so that I don't overextend or I don't do something that, you know, would jeopardize anything that I'm doing. It's not so much a judgment on what somebody else is doing or trying to limit what they are, what they are doing or who they are. It's more of like, I don't cross this. And it's just so important to have that awareness. And with the boundary talk comes learning to say no. So not because you don't want to do the thing um, because it's not good for you or because, you know, you're not we just get so stressed out over the word no. Like it's not that you think you're better than that or it's not like you maybe don't actually want to do it, but it could be like you don't have the time or it's not the right fit in the moment or there's greater priorities and you can't give it your best shot. Whenever I have to say no, I always ensure that I let whoever I'm saying no to understand that I understand the urgency and the value in what they're suggesting I do or we do together, but I'm not in a space to give 100% and therefore I want to send this on to somebody else or just not do it. And I feel like just working around your boundaries, around saying no, around your time, knowing where your time is going, what your goals are, all of the things that we've talked about this is going to really help make that easier and not feel stressed out about having to step away from something because it might not be the right fit for you right in the season. And the last thing is implementing a routine of relaxation and enjoyment. Um, And this is again where the time management piece comes into play because if we know where our time is going, we know where we can rest. We know what we can do to feel fulfilled and satisfied with our work without overextending. And I've said this before, but in elite performance, Let's consider that we don't need to work till we cannot work, but it's more of just constant sprints of activity and productivity and a lot of recovery so we can come back and do it day in and day out. I was talking to a client yesterday who was asking me like, how, what should the new year plans be? Like, can I implement, especially right now with like the 365 days of practice thing that people are doing. And it's like, well, what's one thing that I could do every single day, like forever. And I was like, that's awesome. However, why don't we try doing this in like 90 day bursts? And 
what, how about we try breaking one habit and adding one thing to the mix? I feel like as we implement routines and things like this, it's not so much about like going all in and doing everything crazy, but making it sustainable. And I think of, of this podcast, for example, and to me, it's such a major milestone to be able to do two episodes a week. And it's like, it's not that I'm a better podcaster. It's not that I have this like amazing skill of like just relentless execution, but there's this commitment level to what I said I was going to do. And then there's this sustainability piece to what I said I'm going to do. So two years ago, it made absolutely zero sense to have two episodes a week. But now after two years of figuring what the hell are we doing and why are we doing this? This is what the new phase looks like. So I, I'm not sitting here like saying, you know, oh, just relax and be nicer to yourself and say no. Like, These things that I'm sharing are because I want all of us to be able to commit to the things we said we were going to do and to not feel stressed out about doing it. And, you know, it's not always going to be optimal, you know, conditions like seriously, I am recording this right before it's due. Um, not going to make my amazing team members happy, but that was the vibe this week. But I said we were going to do two episodes this week, so you better believe we're going to do it. And I'm not stressed out about it. In fact, I'm really excited about this opportunity. So it's just really creating these boundaries and figuring out what steps we need to take so we can do all the things that we want to do, enjoy what we are doing, and actually feel fulfilled. Um, So Later on, I'm going to expand on boundaries. Um, I really want to tackle performance anxiety, but I don't feel like this is the time. Um, I also really want to tackle like how we can, in group settings, in our community, in our networking space, not feel stress over how we're coming across or how we're communicating, because that's another thing. Like, If we want to create deep, meaningful relationships, that requires vulnerability. But if we're too stressed out or too afraid of like, what are people going to think, then it's going to be really hard to have those genuine relationships with our colleagues and our peers. Um, So I definitely want to tackle that as well. But anyway, just wanted to share this about stress. Do your research on it. Like really check out how amazing our brain is. Check out how your nervous system works. Like Oh, you guys, I just can't wait to share my crappy health story because it's just going to blow your minds. Like my own mind is blown by like what my body can do. Um, Your body really can heal itself and your body, your brain will do exactly what you tell it to do. So that is why that self-talk is so important. If I'm sitting here like being like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. Like I got to get this out and I have a meeting like literally happening right now. My body's going to freak out. But if like, you know, I'm so excited that I get to record this episode. I'm really cutting it close to my next meeting, but it's going to be amazing. My body like feels excited about it. And that is just the amazing power of the nervous system and your brain. So let's try and not view stress as this thing that's going to kill us. Um, I mean, it will, but also more of this thing that we get to kind of conquer and master and truly enjoy and love our lives. I recognize that it is a crazy time of year and I'm not saying that I'm not stressed, um, but just doing my research and finding this awareness and just kind of reframing things in my mind has been super helpful. So I hope this conversation at least makes you think about, you know, your relationship with stress and kind of what you're doing. Um, Like always, if you have questions or thoughts, please feel free to reach out to us on any of our socials. Ooh, and the last thing, if y'all could leave us a review on Apple, oh, that would mean the world because that is the only way that people can actually find the podcast. So if this is helpful to you, that would be so, so appreciated. Um, And I can't wait to see y'all back on Wednesday for our next episode in December. It's going to be amazing. Stay tuned.